Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the program live and underway. Glad to have you with us. Lots to get to today as normal this time of year. The big news from an IU basketball standpoint is Noah Clowney, the last remaining 2022 prospect for the Hoosiers. He has set a date of Halloween, October 31st, as to when he will announce his college decision. He is down to IU, Virginia Tech, Florida, and Alabama. Recently, he's taken senior year official visits to Indiana, Virginia Tech, and Florida. You might remember his official visit to Alabama uh, was rescheduled because of an illness, and he will be headed there October 23rd, about a week before he announces his decision. IU, some people think, in really good shape with Clowney. Uh, We've had Clowney's high school coach with us on the program to uh, learn more about him in recent weeks. Uh, IU assistant coach Yashir Roseman, the lead recruiter, it seems, on the Clowney recruitment. He was down at his high school uh, here in the last week or so. So all things point to IU having a legitimate chance to add one more player to the 2022 class coming up later this month. But we'll see. There's some thought that Virginia Tech, even Alabama, uh, have a chance to land Clowney as well. And really all four of his finalists seem to be I'm sure in a pretty good spot with him as he enters the final weeks of his recruitment. So that's the news on Clowney. One other show note to begin things. Uh, Yesterday, the IHSA, who often is not making changes and keeps the same rules and things set uh, basically the same every year, announced that it had been approved that uh, there will be a 35-point mercy rule in high school basketball, which will begin this upcoming 21-22 season. So there's been some discussion, if you follow things on social media, about that. Uh, I think we had a poll up this morning, and it's really pretty close, uh, over 100 votes. Uh, if you like it, yes, 43.1%. If you don't like it, no, was 37.6%. And there were about 20% of people that said they were indifferent to the decision as well. But uh, not a lot of changes in our state. Very traditional when it comes to high school basketball. But this 35-point mercy rule instituted for next season. Basically, if your team, the winning team, goes ahead 35 or more points at any point during the second half, Uh, The clock runs except for timeouts and free throws and other uh, situations where the clock clock must come to a stop. Even if you get it back under 35, it still runs. I think that's a little different as well. So uh, a small tidbit, but when there's a change in high school basketball in our state, it's definitely worth noting, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that a little bit later today. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in a moment. We'll have a guest with us today. We began talking about the upcoming high school hoop season. 
We've had on some coaches. Will Lovings Watts was with us uh, a week or so ago when he made his commitment to Drake. And today we're going to talk with another top player in the area for the upcoming season. Tucker Biven of New Albany will join us. Of course, Tucker, not just a basketball standout here in southern Indiana, but a really, really good baseball player as well. He'll join us here in just a few moments. Also, later in the show on this Tuesday program, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will check in on IU football, and then we'll close things out in segment three today with Mike Pegram of Pigs.com as we talk IU basketball. We'll talk more about Noah Clowney. Uh, there's some other recruiting news to get to as well with Mike a little bit later in the hour, so stay with us for that. That's the show lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, a reminder, the Thornton's text line always open here on the Hoosier Report. You can send in your questions and comments for guests. I do my best each day to work them all into the show and uh, have, have got some really good questions and points made here this week so far on our Monday show. Would love to hear from you today at 502-414-1450. That's 502 414 1450 the thornton's text line download the thornton's refreshing rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day and let's get right to our first guest tucker biven of new albany basketball joining the show as we uh, continue previewing the area for this upcoming season lots of coaches and key players from across the region will be with us here in the coming weeks as we slowly work our way to early November and the start of official practices. Tucker, you've had a busy year so far with sports. Uh, baseball, probably number one for you, and you have had some unbelievable opportunities this offseason in addition to playing high-level travel baseball. You also had a chance to play on or try out for a USA baseball team uh, that took up a lot of the summer. Tell us a little bit about that experience. You got a chance to basically live like a pro and train like a pro for a number of weeks. Uh, it was obviously a great experience. You know, I got to hang out with the best players in the country, best coaches in the country, and it was a very educational type of thing when we went down there. It was a lot of learning, a lot of listening, but I felt like I got a lot out of it and it was fun. Even though I didn't make it, it's you know, you can't miss that opportunity hanging out with all those people. Now, Tucker, you had a chance to play with and against the best in the country. You made the first cut and ultimately did not make the actual Team USA. But day in and day out, you were working with some of the top coaches and the top players in the country. And up in the stands, while these games and workouts were going on, were Major League Baseball scouts watching you and many others that very easily could get drafted in a year so what's it like to have that kind of pressure or do you see it as pressure and to have scouts from the professional level watching you th work through some of this stuff uh, it used to be pressure for me like a year ago but now I get kind of used to it I usually don't even look in the stands to see who's out there so I just try to play my game and try to work as hard as I can and be the best I can be I promise we'll get to some basketball stuff here in just a moment but Tucker, you're such a great baseball prospect. What was it like for you, a player? You're already committed to the University of Louisville. Uh, you're on some of the draft boards for the MLB draft next year if you choose to go that route. What was it like to see Josh Rogers get back to the major leagues and get a chance to have success for the Washington Nationals? You guys are close, even though there's an age difference, but he's right from your hometown, played at your high school program. What, what's that like, and what's your all's relationship like? Oh, that's that's really cool. I was there at the the Reds Nationals game, and it inspires me to be be better and do better. 
knowing that your city will be behind your back and go to your games and stuff. And our relationship, it's, it's kind of funny. We just joke joke about each other and stuff. We play one-on-one. I always joke about him that, about that. I beat him 10-0 one time. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. All right, Tucker Bivin, my guest here in this opening segment, brought to you by Zaxby's. I promise we're getting to basketball because, Tucker, I've had so many people ask, and other people have said this, I know, to Jim Shannon and others as well. Is Tucker Bivin going to play basketball this year? He's such a great basketball player, but he's so good at baseball. You know, we hear he's going to focus on that and see what happens there. Uh, you are playing basketball this year for the Bulldogs, correct? Uh, yeah, I don't know why that was a rumor. I was always going to play. You know, I always finish stuff, and I feel like we're gonna we can be a good team this year, win sectionals. We just got to play as a team, and hopefully, I can lead us to a sectional. Tucker, one of the things that I think is most remarkable about you on the basketball court is you're a hardworking guy. You train a lot for baseball specifically, but because of your baseball schedule, that doesn't leave a lot of openings to play basketball in what most consider the offseason, but yet if someone comes and watches high school games and has seen you so far in your career, they probably wouldn't know that you don't get a chance to have a basketball in your hands a lot during the offseason. Is that tough to go so long without playing a lot of serious basketball? And how are you able to keep your skills up and perform so well uh, not really playing a lot of basketball outside of the winter months for New Albany? Uh, I feel like it's it's hard at the beginning when I start up basketball again. You know, I got to get everything going again and get in shape because obviously baseball you don't you don't run as much as basketball. So I got to get in shape for that and you know get all my skills back. It will take a few weeks, but once I get going, it, it helps me a lot better. Tucker, let's talk about New Albany for the upcoming season. You've got some classmates you've played with that are back as well uh, that you've been playing with now for a number of years. There are some other players that I know Jim Shannon, who was with us last week previewing the Bulldogs, hopes step up this season. What do you see the potential is for this New Albany club? You guys are right now going two days a week, like all the teams in the area, getting ready for the official practices in November. But what's the early outlook from the practices and open gyms that you've been in and participated in? Uh, we're looking pretty good right now. You know, we play as a team a lot better than last year. And, you know, everybody's behind everybody's back. Everybody passes the ball. Nobody's selfish. And I feel like if we keep that up, we can, we can be something special. Now, you had a backcourt running mate a year ago, Caden Stanton, that has transferred to Ballard, which obviously is going to put the ball in your hands more and possibly even put more pressure on you to score. How do you intend to handle some of the defensive strategies and pressure that you'll see this season? And now that you're a senior and the guy back that did a lot of the scoring last year, is there extra pressure that comes along with things this year? I feel like there's some, but it's not overwhelming to me. I feel like if I just try my hardest and work hard, I feel like I can accomplish what I want to accomplish. And obviously my teammates are going to help me throughout that. Tucker Biven, my guest here on our opening segment of this Tuesday program. Tucker, you're committed to the University of Louisville. I think the first time you ever joined this program was right after your commitment to UofL, and you had not even been in high school yet. You had not played a high school baseball or basketball game. Talk about getting that decision out of the way if you go the college route so early and what your relationship is like with the coaches at Louisville as you follow their progress in baseball. Uh, Louisville is a dream school for me. You know, I've always wanted to go there. I've been to a lot of their games and seen how the atmosphere is at the games, and I just want to be a part of that. And a relationship with the coaches is pretty good. We text usually three or four times a week just talking about stuff, 
getting on campus for visits and things like that. And I really like the coaching staff there. Tucker, you obviously have your college decision out of the way. Will Lovings Watts made his decision a week and a half or so ago at Jeffersonville. Uh, and there have been many great players come before you from our area. You look at Romeo and Josh Rogers and Rondell Moore. Just to name a few from New Albany, obviously this area has been, I think, in a renaissance of really good athletes moving through. Uh, is that kind of a goal to try to follow up those guys and see how well you can perform at the college level or maybe even the opportunity that's ahead of you to play professionally? Yeah, it's definitely cool to see those guys go up and play professional, and that's obviously my, my long-term goal. And just seeing them succeed and stuff in their professional <clears throat> games and things like that, it definitely inspires me to be better and try to go get it. All right, Tucker, as we close out this segment, uh, New Albany, you gave us your thoughts on the Bulldogs for the upcoming year. What's it like to play at a school and in an area where basketball and high school sports is still really important, where you get so much support from the community, where you look over and they've got season ticket holders filing in and maybe even sell out crowds for some of these big rivalry games when you play Floyd Central or Jeffersonville or Providence. That's got to make things extra special as a high school student athlete here in our area. Yeah, it's definitely cool. You see everybody come together and, you know, after the games, people will talk to me and I just feel welcomed and it's pretty cool to do this for the last four years. All right, nice to talk with Tucker Biven to begin our Tuesday program. A basketball standout for sure in our area and a very, very bright future ahead when it comes to baseball as well. Tucker, thanks for the chat today and best of luck in your senior campaign. Thanks for having me. All right, Tucker Biven with us as we begin our Tuesday program. Still ahead, we have Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier and also joining us later in the program, Mike Pegram of Pigs.com. And as we go to break, don't forget about the Thornton's text line. You can send in your questions or comments on the Hoosiers, whether it be basketball or football. And what about the shot clock? Do you agree? Or shot clock, let me say that right. The mercy rule. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Do you agree with the 35-point mercy rule? Do you like it? Are you indifferent to it? Send us your questions and comments at 502 414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. A quick break is coming up next. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join us and preview IU Michigan State. And Mike Pegram of Pigs.com still ahead with the latest on IU basketball and recruiting. Lots coming your way. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, back with you here on this Tuesday program. The Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. And right now, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is my guest. We're going to focus in on IU football and the upcoming game on Saturday against Michigan State. Mike, plenty of topics to talk about coming out of the bye week for the Hoosier football program. Probably none bigger, though, than the quarterback situation uh, yesterday, I thought Coach Allen was very coy 
in his answers about who the starting quarterback Saturday against Michigan State will be. He said Michael Penix is recovering but still considered week to week. And he had some very positive words to say about Jack Tuttle and the confidence that he has in him as well. So it's going to be a game-time decision, I think, as far as media and fans learning who's going to take the field and start that game for IU. Yeah, Matt, I, I think coy is, is the right word because I, I think they probably definitely know a little bit more than, than what they're letting on at this point. We've seen this tactic out of out of Tom Allen and the staff before when, when Penix has dealt with his various injuries. There's been a lot of these game time decisions, especially going back to the, the 2019 season. And and so, yeah, I, I don't think we'll see, at least until they're they're warming up on Saturday morning. That, that That's often the, the first tell is, you know, who's who's taking the snaps and warm-ups with the, the first team O-line and the first team receivers. You know, assuming that Penning Seaman comes out in uniform at all, that would obviously be the, the t- very first tell. Um, but, but I you know, I think Allen was very clear that, that he, he's not going to let any details leak out before then. And it's, it's obviously in large part just a tactic to keep Michigan State guessing, um, which is completely understandable. There are clear, clear differences between Pennix and Tuttle when you watch him play. You know, Coach Allen mentioned if uh, the Hoosiers go the direction of Jack Tuttle on Saturday, he started Big Ten games before he's won a Big Ten road game, as you would expect, especially a positive guy like Tom Allen. He seems to be oozing with confidence about Jack Tuttle and his ability to lead the way for IU from that position if necessary. How much confidence do you have that Jack Tuttle could win a big game? And this Michigan State game is shaping up to be a really big game for IU as far as their record goes and their bowl hopes go. How much confidence do you have in Tuttle if he gets the start on Saturday? I think you've you've seen enough at this point to to have confidence in the guy. I mean, he's got the accolades, you know, coming out of high school with the, the four star rating, and you know, I think he was maybe a top ten traditional quarterback in his class, and so he's got that. And then, you know, as you mentioned, he, he's got that Big Ten road win at Wisconsin. You know, clearly it wasn't in front of fans, but still a very tough place to win against a very good defense, and, and he played even better. Then his numbers suggested in that game last year because he had a pass, a deep pass that was dropped in the end zone. So he would have had a three touchdown game with around 200 yards. So he did really well in that game. You know, folks will remember the Outback Bowl where he, you know, he kind of played with some mixed results. But what people may not realize is he played most of that game with an injury to his shoulder. And so he kind of just gritted that one out. So I don't put too much stock in the way he played in that game. But, you know, the, the superlatives coming out of the press conference yesterday with, you know, with both Coach Allen and Nick Sheridan, you don't often hear coaches, you know, put players up on so much of a pedestal where they'll say he's like the hardest working guy on the team and, and things of that nature. But both of them basically said, you know, words to that end. So I, I think I think you got to look at it and say, okay, he, he's not he, he doesn't have the dynamic arm that Penix has, but but you've seen enough to think that you know if he can avoid turnovers, he's 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 got the overall talent to put you in a position to win the game. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, is my guest. Mike uh, found out yesterday from Coach Allen as well that junior running back David Ellis had ankle surgery and is out for the year. Now, if you look at running backs for IU, you've got Ellis out with an injury and surgery. Uh, Samson James, of course, transferred to Purdue earlier in the year. 
and Tim Baldwin Jr. announced a week and a half or so ago he was going to enter the transfer portal. Now, IU still has running back Stephen Carr, the transfer in from USC, but beginning to be a little concerned about the depth of that position and who exactly is going to step into those roles, to those positional spots, uh, even on Saturday for IU. Yeah, I think it's completely legitimate to be concerned, you know, at least from the outside looking in, because we just haven't seen enough of any of these guys. You're talking about three walk-ons and two freshmen, like you said, that that are expected to step in behind Carr. I mean, Carr Carr is clearly the the workhorse. They're going to ride him as much as they can. I think that's, you know, something that that works for both him, you know, trying to prove himself for one last season here before he, he goes to tried to get into the NFL, but also, you know, Indiana, you know, clearly he, he's the best option right now by, by what, what appears to be a healthy margin. You know, they, they did, fortunately for them, they, they did, you know, pick up two commits in the class of 2021 for, for running backs and Trent Howland and David Holloman. Um, I don't think either one of them were going into this season expecting big roles, but I think, you know, both are going to start to see a lot more action. You know, Allen specifically mentioned Holloman yesterday. You know, he's a guy, he, his introduction to college football will probably stick with him forever because he's the guy that at the Iowa game came out with Indiana misspelled on his uniform. Um, but but since then, I mean, I think he, he's worked his way up the depth chart, you know, by by attrition, at least in part, and maybe in part by his own doing. But his reputation is really as a speedster. I, you know, you, you never know with with high school numbers, but there there were forty times floating around with him of in the four two and four three range. So he he's he's a guy that you can you know give the ball and hope that he can break a, a long one. And then Howland has some speed, but he's more of the bruising kind of Jordan Howard type. Uh, the, the the issue with him has been that he's coming off a senior season of high school uh, knee, knee surgery. So he wasn't quite ready, you know, coming into to fall camp, but Allen said that he's fully clear. So you got two scholarship freshmen with, with very little experience, but were, you know, respectable recruits, probably getting forced into action sooner than they expected. But, you know, as Allen mentioned yesterday, you think about a guy like Stevie Scott, who I believe at the opening of fall camp in 2018 was like sixth on the depth chart and ended up starting by week two and had a very productive career. So you just you just never know what you're going to get with these guys. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier were talking IU football. Coach Allen yesterday was asked about and addressed the mindset of this team, which I wonder about because the Hoosiers had so much hype surrounding them in the preseason, and obviously Tom Allen has kind of been a media magnet, getting all sorts of publicity in the offseason and a chance to run around to different national programs and promote the brand, promote the program. To get off to a 2-3 and three start, despite how difficult the schedule is, you do wonder what the mindset of these players in the locker room is like, and he talked about that some yesterday. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fair question to, to ask him that because it's, you know, it just doesn't seem like that long ago we were at Big Ten Media Day and he was talking about how they've he started to allow them to break huddles by by saying Big Ten champs and you know already you know just early into October that's obviously not even a, a reality anymore. So it, you know th- there's so many different ways you could look at what's going on. I mean obviously that the schedule has been brutal with three top ten teams you know early in the season turnovers in my mind are, are the 
the biggest part of the story. I mean, Penix had seven interceptions in those three games, and then you got the Baldwin fumble at Cincinnati that, that changed that game completely. So, you know, th- those two elements alone are a big part of the story. And if you, you can't separate it, but it, it also doesn't mean that the, the team suddenly is just not at all what we thought they would be. It's just, you know, things haven't gone well in, in those big games and those big moments. And so, you know, do, does a change up at quarterback kind of get – give some new life if it does happen, you know, that that's a possibility, you know, I think a bye week probably helps a lot, but you just got to circle this specific game. And I, and I think they have as, you know, a chance to change the story. You know, you're, you're at two and three, but you got another top 10 team coming in that, that you got to feel like, you know what, I, I know what the records say, but at least, and I'm speaking for myself here that, that I, I don't feel like there's a huge difference between these two programs. I mean, that, that's what I wrote two days ago coming into into this week is my how much things have changed over the last 11 months when Indiana shut out Michigan State up and in East Lansing. Um, you know, looked like they had clearly surpassed Michigan State, you know, climbed up a rung in a very difficult division of, of the Big Ten. And, you know, somehow suddenly – the, the, the narratives have completely flipped and, and Michigan State's back on top. Um, you know, I, I, I think if you're Indiana, I think if you're the players in that locker room, you look at this game and say, this this is one we can get. But but they, they've got to avoid, obviously avoid turnovers, which have plagued them in, in those prior big games. Mike, uh, I want to ask you about Michigan State, some players specifically. Uh, I really did not realize until I read a story yesterday that Michigan State has a running back of their own who is very talented. His name is Kenneth Walker. He actually right now is leading the nation in rushing at just over 152 yards per game and is averaging just over seven yards per carry. Uh, He's had a big-time year to help lead the Spartans to kind of a surprise record so far. Yeah, he has. And you talk about how Michigan State is kind of transform themselves here over the last 11 months. He's kind of the, the headliner of what they've done, and, and in a large part what they've done is via the, the transfer portal while, while IU has lost some guys. He, he's come in from Wake Forest and just put up monster numbers. Um, you know, I, I think I saw one stat from PFF that said he had 132 more yards after contact than any other player in college football. That, that's an amazing stat. <laughs> When you're comparing him against the entire spectrum of players, and he's 132 yards ahead of everyone, so he, obviously tackling is going to be at a very large premium. He's clearly got an ability to to make guys miss out in space, and so that that that's going to be a big part of the story. Um, but but they are also getting really good quarterback play. Peyton Thorne is the guy that you know I don't think many knew too much about coming into this season, but kind of unlike Indiana, he's a guy that's not making mistakes. I think he's up to 14 touchdowns and two interceptions on the season, and, he, and he's you know got a couple of really good receivers and Jaden Reed and, and Jalen Naylor that are, are making big plays for him, too. So they're, they're, they're really good in both phases of, of the offense, and it's going to present a real challenge for Indiana. It's, it's just fascinating that they've kind of become a top 15 offense in the country after the way they looked against IU just 11 months ago. Yeah, no question. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike, how important is this game for IU? They sit two and three on the season. 
Obviously, it's homecoming weekend in Bloomington. And then after the Michigan State game, Ohio State, Maryland, Michigan, Rutgers, Minnesota, Purdue, the rest of the way. How important is this game uh, for IU overall? And how important is it for their hopes of a bowl appearance after the regular season? Yeah, it, it sure feels like a, an especially important game. Obviously, they're all important, but you know, you talk about dropping to, to two and four with with Ohio State looming, which you just realistically, you know, have to think Ohio State's going to get that one. Um, so then you're talking about two and five, and and then you know you talk about what what you said about just the mood of the team and the mood of the locker room and confidence and all that things, then you really start to worry about that stuff at at two and three, you know, knowing what they know about, you know, just fixing a couple of mistakes and, you know, the way the defense has been playing, you don't worry about it too much, but if you drop to two and four and then two and five, and then, you know, guys start to check out a little bit. So I, I I think this game is hugely important, you know, for, for that, for the confidence aspect, for just the, you know, continuing to show that they are a program on the rise that has, you know, put themselves on the level of a team like Michigan State, who I've always thought to be the, the first of the four powers in the East that you had to pass. So I think all those things are, are become really important on Saturday for, for this program to kind of sustain its momentum. Because I, I think the season has become a year where you look at it and you think you, you got to figure out a way to get the six wins, get bowl eligible for the third time in a row and the first time since the 80s that they they would have done that, that that would allow you to, you know, still say, hey, that this is a program that, that's do about the right things and still headed in the right direction, even if it didn't start out the way they wanted it to. I tell you what, Mike, uh, obviously good environment this weekend, uh, a noon kickoff, though, and it was announced next week, the Ohio State game in Bloomington which I think is a sellout or will definitely be a sellout, one or the other, uh, a 7.30. It's the Saturday night game on national TV. So uh, win or lose, going to be some good environments the next few weekends for football fans in Bloomington. And obviously I think that that Saturday night game against Ohio State, who seems to be playing some pretty good football now after looking questionable against Oregon and just not themselves earlier in the season, that Ohio State game on Saturday night next week will be much more interesting, and I think fans will be much more enthused if Tom Allen's club can improve to 500 with a win over Michigan State on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, of course, a, a meaningful portion of that sellout will be Ohio State fans, but it'll be a great atmosphere here nevertheless, and you're exactly right. You know, you get a win over a top-10 team, like Michigan State, you get back to 500, you, you give people something to be excited about. I mean, Indiana has, has given Ohio State some really good games over the last 10 years. I mean, you even think about, you know, when they had Xander Diem on a, a quarterback, I think he had a throw into the end zone that could have, you know, tied that game in the fourth quarter on, on one of the last plays of the game. So, you know, it, it again, if they can just take care of the football, that that is the biggest story of the season right now. They can take care of the football, keep playing respectable defense. You know, I think the story would have been a lot different already, and it, it can be different going forward. Um, that's probably the, you know, you, you look forward, you think Ohio State and Michigan are the two toughest after this weekend, you know, but beyond those, I, I think they've got a respectable chance to, to, you know, pull out some more wins here down the stretch. Mike, we have about a minute left. Is IU still in many bowl projections at this point? I haven't looked in the last few weeks. 
Yeah, I think they are. I think they're one of those teams that are kind of right on right on the fringe, and I think it's because people can look out to the the schedule beyond the next few weeks here and say, okay, you know, there, there's a path to get to six wins. You, you start looking at the Purdue's, the Minnesotas, the Rutgers, the Marylands. You know, th- those are games they can win. By no means will they be massive favorites or or anything like that. But you know, I think there is some recognition that that. You know, just like last year, a lot of things went their way. This year, a lot of things aren't going their way, and there's probably a balance somewhere in between. So, so you know, I'm not, certainly not expecting a you know January bowl game like, like we've seen in the last few years, but I think there's still a clear path there. So, yeah, I am seeing them on, on some projections. Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier. You can read his work at thedailyhoosier.com, and you can follow Mike and his team at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. Mike, it's been a real pleasure to have you on here in recent weeks. Look forward to continuing our conversations, and thanks for chatting IU football with us here on this Tuesday program. Matt, I always enjoy it. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Mike Schumann with us, uh, all about IU football and the upcoming game, which should be a good one against Michigan State. A noon kickoff on Saturday. Of course, we'll have the broadcast here on the Big X. The coverage begins Saturday at 11 a.m., with the voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, which you can catch right here on 1450 and 96.1. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Mike Pegram of Pigs.com will join, and we'll get the latest from the basketball side. More on the Hoosier Basketball Fan Fest, which is scheduled for November 6th and has become an NIL opportunity for IU players. We'll also get into Noah Clowney who set October 31st as his decision date and more recruiting stuff with Mike still ahead as well. Also curious, his thoughts on the 35-point mercy rule uh, for high school basketball in our state that takes effect beginning next week. Stay with us, Mike Pegram next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the program. Mike Pegram of Pigs.com is my guest. We'll talk some IU hoops in this segment, including a lot of recruiting-oriented stuff as well. But first, Mike, I want to go back to a big topic yesterday, this Hoosier Basketball Fan Fest that's going to take place at Assembly Hall in early November, organized by a third party and some guys you know a lot about at the Pigs.com website very interesting to see this being done to create an NIL opportunity for IU players and obviously a preseason viewing opportunity of sorts for IU fans as well. Your take on this new event that is structured much differently than anything we've ever seen at Assembly Hall before. Yeah, it's a good time. It's right before the season starts and, uh, you know, we're trying to navigate this NIL, you know, where players can get compensated for People watching them, people are, you know, seeing their image and likeness used in uh, in retail world and commercial world. And this is a real great opportunity to uh, also see the players a little bit more than you maybe saw Hoosier Hysteria, where there was just some drills and some 
some contests, but there should be some five on five open gym and uh, three, you know, as, as well as some of the other contests. I think this was in, in works for a long time, uh, well before Hoosier hysteria, but it's, uh, it's called a, called a fan fest and, uh, you can check it out at hoosierfanfest.com and the players will, it's a player driven initiative, uh, you know, and the proceeds will go to the players, which is, um, you know, that's the new world we're in. Mike, with this Fan Fest event that's going to benefit players and even things like the uh, floating heads, the traditional posters that come out as the college hoop season gets underway each year, uh, with that being made into somewhat of an NIL opportunity for IU players, do you think as you look across the Big Ten and college sports that IU right now is one of the leaders in creating NIL opportunities and supporting NIL opportunities for its players? I think in basketball it is. In football, some of the SEC schools have, you know, Ohio State and so forth, have so much uh, commercial money behind them and uh, booster money that they, they might be ahead in that regard. But with basketball programs, I'm not seeing a lot of this kind of creativity. So that this is a potential recruiting advantage if, if this, these things go well and, and uh, really do benefit the players. Yeah, that was my next point. I think if some of this stuff goes well, if IU players are compensated and uh, you could see Indiana really use this in their recruiting opportunities, even with class of 2023 players. I know that this has come up before, but Mike, I have to believe that recruiting pitches uh, by Mike Woodson and other college coaches have really changed in recent months because the NIL is now something that is mentioned and is touted during that process, which obviously that sort of discussion and opportunities where players were paid any which way uh, just a year ago were illegal. Yeah, it's uh, important, especially to the higher-ranked players who will play a lot and have their face all over the ESPN and Big Ten Network. Um, and some of these players do do want to know right off the bat are, what X amount of money do you think that my attending your university will bring me. Um, it's not... Uh, not the usual, but it is happening with some of the higher profile players, and so Indiana will be able to kind of back that up with some numbers here soon with some events like this. Mike, someone sent a text in the Thornton's text line recently yeah. and asked me, uh, can Mike Woodson, can a college coach talk about NIL opportunities legally during visits and conversations in the recruiting process? Are there any restrictions on how NIL can be used during recruiting for college coaches? I'm not aware of, uh, you know, any discussion type uh, restrictions in that regard. Uh, I've had I've had college head coaches tell me um, they think that some schools will be penalized in the long run by making promises they can't follow up with, mm. and that'll work 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 against them in a, in two or three years when if those things don't happen if they promise X amount of dollars and and they don't deliver, and then uh, they're going to get maybe blacklisted by some AAU programs and so forth. Or you know, that is you know potential, but uh, you know, but they can talk what they want on, in in person. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Pegram, Pegs.com, is my guest. Mike, I want to get some recruiting uh, discussion going here with you in this final segment of the day. Uh, Noah Clowney, who is really the last remaining 2022 target for IU. He announced yesterday that he is going to set uh, October 31st as the date where he announces his college decision. Clowney's six foot ten forward, 
He's ranked number 62 nationally in the 247 Sports Composite Rankings. His final four, Indiana, Virginia Tech, Florida, and Alabama. He's recently made official visits to all those schools, including Indiana, and had to reschedule a visit for Alabama coming up on October 23. Uh, thoughts on where things stand as the Clowney decision looms here a little later this month? Well, I don't know who's going to land them. I'm sure I know that. But uh, I do think Indiana has as good a chance as any of those four. Maybe, um, maybe you know, I don't think they have a really good chance uh, to, to land him. He still has one more visit to make. So you don't want to, you know, jump to any conclusions. And we're not hearing that he's definitely going to go to Indiana or anything. But I think they've done a very good job with him. And I think he sees a fit in Bloomington for what he kind of brings to the table, you know, a 6'10-ish kind of multi-skilled player, compliments the other guys that they've already earned commitments from in that class. Mike, uh, discuss how you think Clowney could add to the current roster and the current 2022 class if he does announce for IU later this month. Yeah, they have a kind of a 2-3 guy in, in C.J. Gunn, a 1-2 in Jalen Huchifino. Uh, three, four in um, Caleb Banks, and I think Clowney's a four, five. Is that, hopefully, everybody understands what I just said. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Talking with Mike Pegram of Pigs.com. Another really interesting recruiting note to mention is uh, Dane Fife recently going overseas yeah. to watch Myro Little, uh, who plays in Finland. And the game, I believe, that Dane Fife got to see Myro and his team play. He had a triple-double performance, 26 points, 13 rebounds, and 10 assists. He, if you look at it from an American perspective, is considered a junior. He's a 2023 recruit, got an offer from IU. IU's the first school that's been to his homeland of Finland to visit and watch him play. Very interesting. I think Myro is quite the player, number one, but to see IU and this new staff get involved in overseas recruiting, which has become more commonplace in the college game in the last few years. Yeah, Indiana hasn't really taken advantage of that much. And now, you know, they they really need to reach far and wide, especially for a point guard. Those are so hard to find. And um, who knows the level of competition that he went to saw? You see, was it was it uh, single A or, or quadruple A, three uh, A level? I don't know, but it was a uh, long way to go. But from my understanding, he's a, he's, a, he's a top seventy five level talent. Mike, yesterday we had on uh, Nate Hawkins, the coach at Heritage Hills, uh, who is uh, going to be coaching Trent Sisley throughout his high school career. Trent, just entering his freshman year, six foot seven, power forward, has an offer from Purdue, I believe Cincinnati, coming in today to watch Sisley play. And Coach Hawkins was very upfront with us yesterday that he has basically weekly conversations with the IU staff, and that while there's been no early scholarship offer yet. They have a lot of interest in this freshman prospect in our state. Uh, early thoughts on Sisley. He's from a basketball family. His brother is a freshman now at the University of Evansville. Heritage Hills, a solid 3A program in southern Indiana. He's definitely one to watch in future years, and I would be shocked based on what we've seen and heard so far if IU doesn't offer down the road a bit for Trent Sisley. Yeah, I got to see watching some of him playing in the CP3 camp just uh, late August or something along those lines. So it's pretty recent, and he was very impressive playing against the top players against in his in his class nationwide because that brings in 
players from even out west and he's he's gonna be pretty good um you know i don't know if he's gonna be a five star or anything like that but he he really clearly looks like he's going to be a power five level player already and and who knows how tough he'll grow to and maybe he can become a four or five star but you know matt Payne is already convinced and some of these other schools are convinced and indiana is, is definitely going to recruit him hard i you know whether they offer now or, or next year i don't think it's going to be a big deal um because he is so young yeah absolutely talking with mike pegram peaks.com mike i don't know I've, I've made reference to it a few times on this program You've been one of the guests uh, with us now for, I think, six or seven years since this show has been around. But you and I, long before this radio show was ever thought of, uh, have taken in a lot of basketball together, whether that's high school games or travel basketball in the spring and summer. For many years, uh, you were my ride to those games when I was yeah. a, a young kid in the area. But uh, I, I, So I want to ask you this. This has nothing to do with IU, but... Yesterday, the IHSA announced a 35-point mercy rule uh, that goes into effect when a team in a contest, boys or girls basketball, has a lead of 35 points or more. Once that running clock is invoked, uh, regular timing procedures will not be used. And even if the lead were to go back under 35, the clock will continue to run during play. I know there's been some debate. Some people like it. Some people don't like it. I'm kind of indifferent about the rule, but you've watched a lot of high school hoops in our state. Any thoughts on a mercy rule at the high school level? You know, I like it at the AU level, well, I tell you that. But um, I am a little bit indifferent on the high school. I like to see how it works out. And I wish I would definitely push for a little bit of a shot clock on the high school level. It was just 45 seconds. Uh, I think that would be bigger, better for, for the game. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, you know, I I don't see I don't I don't go to a lot of games where it's thirty five point margin, um, but you know, you just end the game. I don't know. Uh, I like to see the younger guys play. Maybe get a chance to last guy on the bench to play a little bit. So uh, there's definitely mixed feelings for me on that. Yeah, I think it's going to be something to watch for the first year. Uh, football in the last few seasons went to a mercy rule. I believe it's also a thirty five point mark as well. And I really kind of in, am indifferent about that as well. I don't think that there have been uh, many issues one way or the other because of yeah. the mercy rule in football. So we'll see how it plays out this coming season in high school basketball. Mike Pegram, Pigs.com, always with us Tuesdays as we talk the latest with IU basketball and football. Mike, as always, keep up the great work. Thanks for some time again this week here on the show. Great. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Mike Pegram, uh, one of the originals covering IU football and basketball at Peegs.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Peegs. That's P-E-E-G-S. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday edition of the program. Thank you so much for being with us again today. Uh, love to hear from you. Don't forget about the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. You can send in your questions or comments for guests that are going to join the program. And on our Wednesday show, Dustin Dopirak will be with us. He's with the Bloomington Herald Times and also Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Don't forget you can catch us as a podcast as well. If you ever can't join us live at 11 on the Big X, all you got to do wherever you listen to podcasts is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You can subscribe for free and listen to us there. Have a great Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday at 11 a.m. 
here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.